Hello everyone, welcome to Today with Caleb. My name is Caleb Primrose and I'm here with Constituents Direct Nathaniel Gavronsky. Welcome. Hi Caleb, uh, it's really nice to finally get on. I'm looking forward to it. So tell us a little bit what uh, Constituents Direct does. Well, Constituents Direct, what, what it is, is it's a, a organization that helps bring people to, uh, together to deal with different agencies that involve uh, political and elected officials. Most people out there don't really have any idea who their city, county, state, or federal you know, elected officials are. Uh, most people don't infuse themselves with politics on a daily basis. But they do know and realize they have certain problems and they need to have them you know, dealt with. And what I do and I focus on is helping bridge that gap, bringing people, constituents together with their elected officials and trying to create a direct dialogue with elected officials so that it, those people know what their constituents are needing and how to deal with those issues in a civil, um, constructive manner versus going into an office and screaming and shouting because you're frustrated that you feel like no one listens to you. So I basically just try to develop relationships with constituents uh, directly with their uh, elected officials. Well, that's well, that's great. We need people like you out there to um, help bridge that gap, gap, as you say, to make sure that people know who their elected officials are and all that. I think it's a very important thing that a lot of people don't really understand all that well, uh, and there's a there's a big disconnect with the policymakers and, and the electorate. At, not because the policymakers are not attainable and not approachable that people don't necessarily know how to do it constructively, and I'm trying to change that. Well, that's great. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I grew up mostly here in Iowa. Uh, I was, I've been involved in politics since, really, as long as I can remember. Uh, my dad was actually in a wheelchair, and we'd go to the caucuses, uh, but his wheelchair wouldn't really allow him to participate in the caucuses because it's a lot of mobility. People are moving around really fast, you know, getting into their groups. And so I was the surrogate caucuser. Um, I would have the people that my dad wanted to vote for. And I would know like one, two, and three. And I would be the one running around. And so we spent a lot of time talking about the different issues. I spent a lot of time with, with the elected officials at the federal level when I was growing up. Um, I spent a lot of time in Terrace Hill. My grandfather and my dad ran a construction company, so he was always trying to get uh, the governor, uh, Terry Branstad, and the legislators to do more infrastructure, like roads, because that would put more of our culverts into these big ditches. So I ended up doing a lot of homework um, and a lot of stuff in Terrace Hill, thinking that it was just normal that you hang out with the governor all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I spent a lot of time at, at the Capitol here in Des Moines, uh, just kind of getting the feel for how things were done. I thought it was something that everybody did. I didn't really realize how special and unique it was until much later on. And uh, I also got to do this a lot at the federal level. I remember when there were still bellhops uh, in the elevators in the uh, late 80s, early 90s before Newt Gingrich got rid of them. So people always ask me what my opinion of Newt Gingrich is. It's always negative because he got rid of all the bellmen in the, in the elevators and I always enjoyed uh, talking with them. Um, I graduated from the University of Iowa. Uh, I got a degree in political science and uh, e economics and I got minors in psychology and sociology.
took a lot of philosophy classes, and I used to teach economics and history at a junior college along with anatomy and physiology and microbiology uh, in Atumwa. And so I, would, I was really big in, into academics and to applying those academics to the real world. And that's been something that I've worked on my entire life. And I'm trying to fulfill my, uh, a promise made to my grandfather about reticulum. Uh, which is my favorite word in all of human language, and it's Latin for networking. It's it's uh, you see a lot of medical terminology, uh-huh. and it's we how everything connects to each other, and uh, so that's what I am trying to do. I'm trying to weave a web of of, net, of reticulum across all of my different uh, fields of expertise. Well, well, that's. That's great that we got to know you a little bit more than that, but I want to know, outside of politics and policy, what what do you do? Well, I'm doing this project on YouTube, and I uh, am loading it up to my Facebook. It's called The Full Grassley, and what I'm doing is I am traveling to all 99 counties in Iowa, and I am doing historical uh, information about the county, how the county got its name, the county seat, how the county seat was selected, who the county seat was named after, and a little bit about the history of both of both the person the county was named after, and the, the county seat was named after, and the courthouses. And I'm learning this information because when I travel around the state and the, and the, the country as a whole, talking to people with different uh, constituent issues, I learn so much about the places these people are from. Like, do you know that the governor in 1931 had to call out the, the National Guard and uh, order martial law because of cows? I mean, that's fascinating. Wow. Uh, the fact that Robert E. Lee, Jefferson Davis, and Abraham Lincoln were all on the same side during the Black Hawk Wars. Uh, and a, a, a culmination of all of these great minds uh, ended up gathering in October in 1843 in over 11 days basically established control over a majority of what is Iowa uh, at, at the, the agency which was the Indian de- Depot, the trading place and now that's how we have the town agency Iowa near near Atumwam okay. and if it wasn't for that little town and that what happened there, most of Iowa would, would probably not be what it is today um, and I think history has a lot to do with people's understanding of where they're from, how to take pride in the places that they are that they live in. Because one of the governor's big uh, things he's working on is Future Ready Iowa. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is getting people to uh, try to develop and, and build up these little communities and to get the education and get all the skills they need to for today's workforce. And to bring that workforce and those jobs and those technologies to Iowa, and one of the things you're going to need to be able to do to do that is create pride in these small areas that people want to build there. And uh, so I think that initiative, the Futurity Iowa initiative is great. And this historical push, I'm, I'm hoping people were, will take a little bit more appreciation in their history and want to stay there and be continued, continuing on in, in the, their culture as an individual town. Wow, there's so much about Iowa that I that I didn't know, and do you have any more facts that can interest us about Iowa? Because you you tell me all these stories whenever we're together and doing stuff. You tell me all these stories, all these awesome facts about Iowa, and I just want and I just want you to share a couple of those with me that you've told me over the okay. times we've been well, together. 
if you really look at it, since 1805, when when Lieutenant Colonel uh, Pike actually first placed his the American flag in Iowa soil, I mean, we've been really epic. I mean, the very first thing Iowa did as a territory after Wisconsin couldn't handle the invading Missourians was go to war with the state of Missouri as a territory. Uh, the, the very first thing that... Uh, the uh, territorial governor Lucas did was he rounded up men to go uh, push the Missourians back. And if you go to Van Buren County, where Highway 1 and Highway 2 intersect, was where this initial uh, meeting of the state of, of, of Missouri and the territory of Iowa had their first kind of skirmish to push the Missourians back. Because they Missouri thought that that part of, of Iowa was theirs, and they wanted to collect taxes. And Iowa was... Uh, Politely telling them no, this was Iowa, and we arrested their their Clark County uh, sheriff, and the Missouri had to come bail them out. And since then, since the eighteen early eighteen forties, late eighteen thirties, Iowa's been the war with Missouri several times. The Honey War, which is what this conflict became known as, and then we went to war with Missouri over bleeding Kansas after the Nebraska-Kansas Act. We actually, uh, Nebraska and Kansas were allowed to be the self-determination as far as they were going to be free or slave. So Missouri sent in all their citizens into Kansas to, to try to get to become a, a slave state, where all of Iowa went down to Kansas to try to make it into a free state. And um, the city of Lawrence, what is now Lawrence, Kansas, was burnt down several times in this process. Then during the Civil War, uh, a band of marauders out of Missouri uh, invaded Iowa and the area known as Harry Nation, which was part of the disputed territory. And the city of Bloomfield uh, and Davis County ended up repelling a Confederate invasion uh, in 1862. And then uh, Jesse James, the famous outlaw, actually robbed a bank in Corden, Iowa, wow. in 1871. And he, when he got to when he got to the bank, the bank, the building still sits there. It was a bank up until recently. Now it's their uh, city hall. But he robbed the bank, and no one was there. There was one young child that was in the the square area, and he wanted the people, and Jesse James was confused why no one was around at the bank, and he told this little child to go tell everyone about the bank being robbed, and he flipped them a silver dollar, and the kid was just like, okay, and? I mean, it's, there's no money there anyway, so have fun. Uh, but I mean, all these all these conflicts with Missouri, during the Civil War, like, our, our, our future governor, Governor Drake, actually was part of several battles that defeated a previous Missouri governor, Sterling Price, and then a, who would become a later uh, future governor of Missouri, uh, Governor Marmaduke. And the I Iowa regiments took the city of Vicksburg in, on July 3rd and 4th of 1863, and we were part of Sherman's march to the sea. And if you look in our Secretary of State's uh, office, there's a huge portrait of General Dodge, who was one of Lee's right-hand men, and uh, Grant's one of Grant's right-hand men, and there's a giant portrait of him. And uh, in the background, there's this big white building that a lot of people will mistake for the U.S. Capitol. It's not. It's actually Grant's tomb in New York City, along Riverside Drive, uh, near uh, Columbia University. And wow. uh, Dodge City, Kansas, is named after our governor, uh, after our after General Dodge. Um, 
but however, like Fort Dodge is named after a former Wisconsin governor, Dodge. And so the streets in Iowa, which because we used to be a part of Wisconsin, are named of a variety of the former governor, Dodge of Wisconsin, and then General Dodge from the U.S. Civil War. Uh, this, the amount of history, I mean, the, the Iowa put more soldiers in the Civil War per capita than any other state, north and south, and we've maintained that. Since Iowa has become in existence, we've had this 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 feeling of service, and we, we have dedicated so many of our men and women to uh, to the military service, to the national, the average for people serving the military is like 1%. Wow. In Iowa, it's over 7 we are the number one state for recruiting for the Secret Service, the FBI, Homeland Security in general. Um, actually, the two leading uh, people in the CIA until recently, one was from Lamar's and the other one was out of Centerville. I can't give you their names, but they have recently become retired and uh, they're all they're out of Iowa. I- Iowa is such an amazing state. Um, as far as dedication to our armed service and, and our men and women in blue and in military uniform, it's absolutely fascinating the the the, the weight of the culture and you know the very first World War One serviceman to die was Merle Hay. He was from Iowa. That's how Merle Hay Road and the mall gets its name. Um, our flag has a huge part of uh, military history that the eagle with the ribbon was associated with a lot of our regimental flags during the Civil War. Uh, it's There's just so many great things about Iowa. When I travel around the rest of the country, I brag about Iowa everywhere I go. Uh, we have a lot to brag about. Yes, we do. I, I mean, we have... We're, we're the number two agricultural state in the country behind California who's got ten times our population and three times our size, and we outproduce them on most things. Um, and even with our great agricultural background, background, backbone of our economy, one of our leading exports right now is technology. If you look at Jefferson City, Iowa, you have... Uh, members of Congress from other states developing, bringing, bringing in businesses into Iowa because they know how brilliant the minds of Iowans are. When you look at, um, you know, we've had 250,000 jobs created that are non-agricultural labor hours in this the last couple of years. We had the, the lowest unemployment in the country. We had the fastest growing wages, you know, actual wages at 4.1%. No other state can compete with how epic Iowa really is. Well, speaking about um, another thing we can brag about Iowa about is we're the first in the nation for the Iowa caucuses. Exactly. And this is actually a lot of, just by comp- complete accident. See, the reason why Iowa's first is not because it was because it was important, but it's because of how we selected our delegates to go to the convention. And there was a length of time that was required before the delegates could be set, so we had to push out our caucuses out so early so that we could get those delegates selected and set and move forward to the convention. So it wasn't that we just decided that we were going to be first, it was just it was unintentional. However, Unintentional actions have unintentional consequences, and for for a couple of times in in U.S. history, Iowa has set the stage for the nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, prior to 1976, I mean, a lot of places, a lot of candidates kind of blew off Iowa. People would still vote, but no one really campaigned here. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt was kind of a, a a difference on that. Teddy Roosevelt did come here and, and run because uh, uh, his uh. One of his right-hand men in the U.S. Congress was uh, Congressman John Lacey, who was the author of what became the National Parks. 
So, um, so Teddy Roosevelt came here, but really until 1976, that cycle was the was the big moment because you have Jimmy Carter, who most people just looked at as being the long shot. You know, he was he was the Andrew Yangs of of the day, and no one really gave him any attention. And then you had all of these front runners, all these big names, who just pissed everybody off. And when it came coming to the caucus, non-aligned won the state. And what I mean by non-aligned is that all the precincts, when they sent in their their people, no one had a majority. No one wanted to say I am with this person. Well, Jimmy Carter didn't win Iowa. He just didn't lose. And you've seen this happen a couple times in history. I remember back in 2004 when Howard Dean was supposed to be the the main uh, Democratic candidate to beat, and he lost. And he, it wasn't that you know that he wasn't a good candidate, but he didn't have the ground game that John Kerry did. And John Kerry did a lot more detailed and a lot more effort. Now the Republican side is a little bit more organized. I mean, when the, until 2016. It's almost like the RNC picked their candidates, and that's where it went. The D, the DNC has tried to do that. That's how. That's why superdelegates are even a thing, or were a thing. Um, this is that those superdelegates would deter quit as they could get the superdelegates in when they wanted to. That would push them way out ahead. But uh, in Iowa, uh, if the party's choice doesn't vibe with the population, we have the tremendous. Ability and the power to change the destiny of any individual who wishes to make themselves a significant player in, in at the national level. So Howard Dean loses because John Kerry was better. Now, when Kerry and Edwards move forward, that made Edwards actually more viable in 20, 2007. That's why you see Edwards edging out Hillary Clinton in, in the 08 caucuses and blowing it, and Obama and her. Obama and Edwards completely blew Hillary out, who was supposed to be the nominee in 08. And then you see in 2016, where he had massive crowds, all, you know, Bernie, 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 but Hillary Clinton wins. And then on the Republican side, you see Donald Trump, who, who didn't win, but he came in second. And, and there, there was a debate on if some Western counties were given incorrect information. And thought that someone else had bowed out and changing this. So there might have been some problems there. But Iowa has this ability to completely upend and de- destroy someone's chances or solidify someone's ability to become mm-hmm. the president of the United States. And that's something that we sh- and, uh, everyone in Iowa should take a great amount of pride in and should defend our position. So anytime that the National Party, the Republicans or Democrats, tries to change things to jeopardize our First Nation status, Iowans as a whole should stand up and say, no, this is our job, this is who we are, and we will defend it. Well, that's some great history about Iowa. And before we head out and call it and call it quits here today, I just want to do a couple quick rapid fire questions with All you. All right, let's go here. Um, your favorite color? Blue. Favorite food? Uh, borscht, actually. And we may already know the answer to this, but Iowa or Iowa State. Uh, I really love the Iowa Hawkeyes. I went to school there. Um, I do like Iowa State a lot, and and watching what's going on in Iowa and Johnson County, Iowa, with with the 
I'm kind of becoming more of an Iowa State fan, but I'm always a Hawkeye. I'm always going to be a Hawkeye, and I always will be a Hawkeye. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. This is Caleb Permro signing off, and may God bless you. May God bless the great state of Iowa, and may God bless the United States of America. Peace.